White Sox. White Sox. Go, 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 go. Call your sons. Call your daughter. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Red Echo. Grand Slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez. He's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello and welcome back, everyone. Welcome in. Happy Monday. Welcome to the latest edition of Locked On White Sox. I believe we're at episode 368 here today on this Monday morning. Thank you for joining us once again. I'm your host, Chris Tannehill. My partner, Herb Lawrence, will be with me after a quick timeout. Well, White Sox news, there's no news. Yep, that's right. Uh, the rumor mill has really basically stopped churning. The hot stove was once piping hot last week is now barely a simmer. But uh, no fear, no worries, everyone. We have each other. We've got a mailbag. We've got your emails. We've got voicemails. And uh, Herb and I have the company of you guys, our listeners, here on a short week this Thanksgiving week. And we certainly are thankful for you guys out there. It's going to be a short week for us, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Then we're back at it with five more shows next week and into December. And we look forward to you joining us. So after a quick timeout, we'll open up the aforementioned bag next here on Locked on White Sox. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by DirecTV. Does this sound familiar, folks? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live and another that lets you stream your favorite shows, but you're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simpler way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally Get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract, so get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. It's at this point where I'd ask my partner Herb if I should open up the bag because it's been sitting here in my basement next to Jim Tomey. And he would say, uh, let's do it. A lot of emails. We're going to try to get to some. There's another email. I love email. And we love your emails too. LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. That's LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. The voicemail, 312-566-8727. That's 312-566-8727. And if you can't remember all those numbers, just think of your favorite White Sox player jersey numbers. That's, of course, Harold Baines, A.J. Przinsky, Mark Burley, Jorge Orta, Bo Jackson, Carlton Fisk, and Tim Anderson. So much easier than remembering those numbers. All right, let's get back into the bag here. Uh, voicemail checking in here. Let's see what we got. Oh, look who it is. Hey, Chris and Herb. So the Bastardos lost. Very happy about that. <laughs> uh, Chris, I just wanted to address the point that you made about uh, the signing of Danks and Albert Bell. Man, that's two contracts in 25 years. And if Han is still being held account- accountable for a contract that went badly because of an injury, 
10 years later, man, this guy's really handcuffed and I kind of pity him, you know, and I don't want to. So <laughs> don't make me do that. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I just want him to get it right. And I want it to be with an open checkbook. And I think we both want that, uh, based on what you said. So, um, I, I'm not going to belabor the point. The, that's the end. So been enjoying the review of the year. Uh, Looking forward to the next episodes. Thanks. Well, hi, Mark. Thank you, Mark. We appreciate you. Yeah, the White Sox and their lack of, of breaking the bank. Is Yasmani's contract even worth mentioning in that group there? It's the largest the largest free agent contract in White Sox history, I believe, <laughs> is still Yasmani Grandal's $73 million contract, uh, $18.25 million a year. Uh, for his for his contract here, it's still they have not reached that one hundred. They still have a a, a way to go. Twenty seven million dollars uh, to to get to a hundred million dollar a year player, and this is in an off season where you're talking about you know Correa could hit three fifty. You know what I mean? We've already seen Bryce Harper and Machado hit the three hundreds, and they haven't even hit one hundred yet. Like I get it. But also, Jesus Christ, man, you know. Um, and I know the Rick Hahn bots are out there. <laughs> hey, they offered Wheeler, blah, 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 $100 million. They offered Manny $150 million. So, that you know, they didn't take the deals. Like, they want credit for those deals that they offered and they didn't weren't taken, especially the Zach Wheeler one. Like, we offered him more, $1 million more dollars, guys. So, yeah, we're out there. It's it's a two way street. It's like yeah, it's a two way street. Make it more enticing to be the biggest deal at seventy three million, and we're doing three hundred million, four hundred million dollar deals with other teams. That's embarrassing. We need to just break through. Like you wonder why we are not World Series champions. Like when you spend money, you are. And I saw the other day committed contracts. They're fourth in payroll right now. Awesome. Be first or second. Why not? Why the hell not? Let's let's make this thing inevitable. Let's let's make it really hard for to other teams to beat us. Let's spend some money. It's about time. Let's do it. I hear you, man. Okay, so seventy three million dollars for Grandal. We talked about Marcus Simeon yesterday. If if Marcus Simeon signs to a deal with the White Sox this offseason, is his contract going to surpass that seventy three million? Do you think? Yes, yeah, I think it's it going to be a four year right? deal. I think it's going to be at an average of twenty million up. So right there, it's eighty plus. I don't know if he would accept anything less. I don't know why you would accept anything less, especially if you're signing this deal before December first. Like they have to offer you something that is ridiculous and out of the water, and that's why I think half the reason why Yasmani signed so quickly with the White Sox is like, wow, they're offering me this much? Got to sign on that line. And <laughs> I said, subsequently, he has outplayed the contract already. Yasmani is great, so he's worth every single cent, even though we got down on him um, at the end, and you know the answer we gave right there with him, maybe being injured in the playoffs, maybe we feel a little sorry. So the scotch, sorry, but if you're out there, you got to be playing. So, um, yeah, I'm in for that probably 90 million if around that area, Marcus Simeon, but then do more. Go and get a Castellanos. Go and get a big-time starter. Uh, somebody brought up, uh, I was on, I think, with uh, Rosie and uh, Espo the other day. They're like, uh, Max Scherzer. I'm like, shit, go ahead. Yeah, 
go in those waters. Max Scherzer is going to be like first or second in Cy Young winning award winning uh, voting in this year. So he's still got it. I don't know. Go you're, ahead and, I don't go know ahead and make it happen. I don't know. You were on with Rosie and, uh, and Espo the other day. Who, who booked you? It was uh, Brandon. Okay, Brandon, I'm, he must have not liked me. He booked me last time uh, for a show, uh, and I thought we had a good time with Grody and Rosenblum, but uh, then he goes, unless he's doing that, okay, I asked this man. No, Espo doesn't, Espo doesn't like you, so <laughs> yeah, that's it's true. a different host, so yeah, Espo's like, F-10, yeah, he's out of true. there. Yeah, that's true, yeah, Espo and I, if you talk about the one guy I've ever had problems with at the score, obviously it's it's Espo, and it's a two-way street. We hate each other. You know, you, <laughs> you know, you do it ask us anything, you know, unsolicited, yeah, Espo and I, you know, come to blows nearly in the in the hallway there, man. You know, it's real, real contentious whenever Espo's around. But yeah, uh, did you have fun with those guys? Yeah, of course. You know, the guys are lighthearted. Yeah. They're asking easy questions and yeah. about the White Sox. Who, what, what could be better? Yeah, I, I actually was very positive about Rick Hahn. I said it just like I said on Locked on Sox. If he's handed the coach strings or the purse strings, coach strings, the, po- <laughs> the purse strings. Well, yeah. What if it's a coach purse though? Mm, things coach would make purse, it go, that'd be great. Mm. <laughs> if he's handed the purse strings and he's allowed to do his thing, I think Rick's gonna hit it out the park. Wow. All right. Uh, next email here. You mentioned Castellanos. This one coming in Rick from the 217. Rick says, hi, guys. Recently started following you as we got down to crunch time heading into the postseason and love your perspectives. This is the first time I've contacted you in regards to a segment you did earlier this week. So this was a couple weeks ago probably. This particular email is directed at your pod on Nick Castellanos. I know you both are in favor of signing him, but I have some ideas I would like to share with you. One. I think there was a glaring hole in the offense when it came to getting a hit when we had runners in scoring position this past season. While I think Nick could provide that spark, I would like to see us go after at least two contact hitters if and when available. I think they would really help after losing a potential 300 hitter like Madrigal. Also, I'm curious as to what Castellanos is hitting outside the NL Central division. I know they haven't been terrible every year, but removing him from that division on top of putting him back in the AL, do you see a potential for that acquisition to backfire? I do believe his knowledge of the National League would help, especially seeing as though we would be facing the NL West in 22. Thoughts? Side note, SoxFest is canceled this year. Poop, 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 poop emoji. That's uh, Rick from the 217. Yeah, you know... uh, Castellanos coming back to the American League after basically feasting in the National League for a few years there. I guess there's a little bit of merit to that. Like, you know, as White Sox fans, we always look as a a way something could backfire. But, you know, there's a lot to chew on here. You know, the contact rate, I think we saw with the Astros, could certainly uh, improve. But I think ultimately Rick Hahn said it best in that press conference when he said... The ball going far makes the team go far. You know, I, I don't know if, you know you can build your team and have an elite contact uh, level uh, propensity like the Astros had. Like, it's just not, you know, they, they've had guys that have been playing together for a long time and they just know how to win ball games. And you want the Sox to get to that level. If, obviously I, I, I guess I would err on the side of acquiring guys who can uh, make good contact. But you remember they tried to do that with Jeff Kepinger a few years mm. ago. Like that was like, he was the number one contact hitter in all baseball. And that did not work out. He was a DFA I think by May that year, uh, when my wife was going into labor in 2014, I remember hearing that news that Jeff Kepinger was, was DFA. And I was like, Oh, what a great day. I'm going to be a dad. And Jeff kepinger has gone. <laughs> He's uh, like, this, is, this, is, this is the best thing that's going to happen to me this day. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I don't know if, if, you know, the Castellanos thing, you know, there's certainly ways that moves can backfire, but I think generally Herb, like these guys are, are 
basically they're facing each other all the time anyway. You know, I, I don't think there's really a, a National League guy, American League guy thing anymore like it was back in the day. Yeah, when Al Clark had his own, had a name on his own hat. Yeah. What about Joel Clark? <laughs> Did he have his name on his hat? <laughs> Joel uh, Clark. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think that's really a thing anymore, right? Uh, with with no. guys, you know, having difficulties and against uh, other leagues, and I think these guys all see each other, and guys move around so much with free agency. I really don't think that's quite a thing anymore. I don't. You can't talk me out of wanting Nick Castellanos, listeners. Okay, I I, I want him, but although I am coming around uh, on uh, on on uh, Michael Conforto a little bit here. Uh, isn't it funny though? Every time you look up Nick Castellanos, uh, Tom Brenneman's face pops up. Like it's, yes. <laughs> like these guys are tied together uh, for better or for worse. But yeah, I think we're still on board with with Castellanos. Like if you had to quote unquote settle for Castellanos, I think that would be that'd be good by me. What about you? Yeah, I've wanted him for the last couple of years. He's an awesome hitter. He's terrible in the right in right field. Terrible in third base. But I think he makes up for it. With his personality and his bat, yeah, I, and like, he can always play DH. Yeah, me. he does have that intensity too. When he uh, when he uh, had that collision at home, uh, was that was that with Yachty, right? When him and Yachty got into no, it, Yachty was in the back. It was a oh, yeah. Cardinals pitcher. Oh, okay, right, right. But yeah, and he just flexed on him. Yeah, <laughs> mm. absolutely. All right, more emails and phone calls after a quick timeout. Next here on Locked On White Sox. Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. You know, I love Thanksgiving, all the good food and treats and plenty of them, but maybe you want a yummy dessert, but isn't so full of calories and sugar. I can hear that this time of year. It's always a problematic time for your guy here with the bad snacks. Well, it's the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. For example, one slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end, folks. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace the coconut cream pie with coconut Built Bar, or go for a raspberry Built Bar instead of that raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. Built Bars are low-calorie, low-carb, low-fat, and high-protein. And as always, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. Built is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a Built Bar or two. Share some at your family gatherings. It will make things a bit less awkward. Maybe Aunt Betty hasn't tried a Built Bar yet. I know I've turned some of my family members on a Built Bar, and you can do the same. And new surprises all month. Limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly, so check the site often and sign up for those text alerts like i did there's nothing like a built bar black friday so mark your calendar folks black friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises go to built.com use our promo code lock 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your order use promo code lock 15 for 15 percent off at built.com uh, next one coming in a voicemail 312-566-8727 from the 815 uh-oh hey guys it's austin uh out in temple texas Real quickly, I've been watching your guys' show for quite a while now. I love it. I love what you guys do. Uh, I work remotely, so anytime I get to listen to it, it always makes the day uh, just a bit better. But I got a crazy idea here. Um, I don't know necessarily what you guys think. I'd love to get your uh, take on it. But listen, when we got rid of Nick Madrigal, um, I think that was one of the biggest mistakes we could have made. Uh, when I know when you got the bottom <laughs> of the order coming up, you got runners on second, third with less than two outs. Um, I know this is something the White Sox struggled getting those uh, runs across the plate. 
Um, when you got a guy like Nicky Two Strikes at the bottom of that order who does not strike out and he puts the ball in play, that is vital. So here's kind of a trade proposal I'm thinking, mm-hmm. and I would, again, would love to get your guys' input on this. But listen, you take Nick Madrigal. You mm-hmm. do another trade with the Cubs. You get Nick Madrigal back. <laughs> you give them oh, Craig no. Kimbrell, and you give them Cesar Hernandez. This is what this do, or this is what this does. We get Nick Madrigal back, all taken care of. Craig Kimbrell has some success known on the north side of Chicago, so right there they're going to be getting their guy back that was a star for them, which would work for them. And in turn, they're also getting a second baseman. That gives us a little bit more room as money wise goes, so we kind of get to uh, explore the market a little bit more. And then on top of that, you also put some of that money towards trying to sign Nick Castellanos, and then we got our right field. <laughs> and our second base problem solved. We get rid of a couple guys that, you know, the potential's still there. They could do great things, but in the long run, Nicky two strikes at the bottom of that order. Nothing beats it, and then you got Nick Castellanos out in right field. I don't know about you guys, but that sounds like a World Series team, along with everything else we got going. Let me know what you guys think. Thanks, guys. So he may have sent that in before they made that decision on Cesar Hernandez, but uh, just on on its face there. Uh, Nick Madrigal, I, I don't think you're going to get that back, man. You know, I, I don't think the Cubs are going to make that deal there. Uh, I, I know it's it's tough when when the deal for Kimbrel doesn't work out so well, and Nick Madrigal is going to hit 300 probably every year of his Cubs career, and it's going to be, you know, it may not be that tough if the Sox are able to come through with a World Series, but you know, I, I, I don't. That's not a move that's going to happen. That's that you never see that in baseball. A guy getting traded then going back, never plays a game for that for their organization because he's hurt <laughs> and just going right back yeah i don't think that's a thing that's going to happen yeah I, also i don't think that's going to happen i don't think the white Sox would want that um like the cubs are saying they're going to be making money and trying to get money uh on the books this year so they're at like 52 million on the books uh, most of that's jason hayward and they're going to try to sign some people and yeah while they'll probably love to have craig kimbrell back I think they're really settled with Nick Magical. They're like, man, we got a 300 hitting second baseman for the next five years at least. Awesome. This is so great. He's cheap and he's good. He's going to be good immediately. So while we spend all this money on other positions, second base is taken care of. So I think they're going to enjoy that. They're gonna. They can trade for Craig Kimbrell if they wanted to without giving up Nick Madrigal. I believe the White Sox have already de- had their desires out there that they're gonna trade him. So I'm thinking they're not gonna get a big time haul for him because teams are gonna be like, okay, I'm not giving you anything that we want to keep because you're gonna definitely trade him here. So I'm gonna lowball you, and that's why I was had a problem with the White Sox pretty much letting it be known that Craig Kimbrell's coming back to get traded. So. I think the Cubs are solid with Nick Madrigal. I'd love to have him back, but that's not going to happen. Would you love to have him back? Not really. <laughs> yeah, Nick Madrigal is going to get a lot of big hits for the Cubs, and it, probably against the White Sox this season, and it's going to it's going to hurt. It's going to sting because uh, that's the exact kind of guy that they've been trying to get uh, on their in their lineup for years. Like since they were in their con- you know contention window, they've wanted contact hitters like that. And now they've got one, but the question is, do they have the pieces around him to make it really worthwhile? Because Nick Madrigal was 
not necessarily useful on a Sox team that was full of of, of boppers like we we had seen. What's he going to be on a team that doesn't have like he's got you know Frank Schwindel you know hitting behind him in the lineup? You know, I don't know what that's going to be. They're going to have to spend some money here to really make that type of move pay dividends. Otherwise, it's just a guy hitting you know three ten with an OBP of three eleven. You know what I mean? Like, Are you down with that? Uh, all right, uh, next voicemail coming in here from the two six ooh. Hey, Tanny Herb, or Italian oh, Herb, hey. as uh, you've come to be known. Yes. Uh, Will from Warsaw, Indiana. Um, hey, appreciate you guys as always. Uh, wanted to kind of push back a little bit on the disappointment with Rodon. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, love Carlos, would love to have him back. But um, I, I just think we have bigger needs right now um, in right field and second base that I'd like to address. Um, and, and, I, and I don't – I haven't given up on Keiko. I think he, there's a chance he can bounce back. Um, and if so, we have we have five starters already penciled in. I um, think the money could be best used elsewhere. Uh, would love to see uh, Simeon land on the on the south side. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's that's my pipe dream. That's my problem. So uh, appreciate you guys. Thanks. Bye. Uh, Herb, where do you want to pick that up from? Uh, the Keiko thing, yeah, I'm on board with that. Like I, I don't think we've seen the the last of good Dallas Keiko. I think I mentioned it before. If you're truly really trying to integrate shifting into this defense. And the way it looks, mm-hmm. I think there's no better way to start than doing it only on Dallas Keuchel starts. Like the Braves decided to arbitrarily do it in the middle of a homestand in the middle of the season, and it worked for them. You know, if if Dallas Keuchel, who's been lobbying for this for an entire season and then some, you know, that, that's already a track record there. It's well established. If you want to start shifting a little bit more with Dallas Keuchel, I think maybe that's when you start to see your return on your investment a little bit and Dallas Keuchel come back to the middle a little bit. He's not going to be 2020 Dallas Keuchel. I think – I want to call it a fluke, but that was an outlier, I think, how good he was. Uh, but mm-hmm. if he can just be somewhere in between of where he was that year and where he exactly. was in 2021, uh, I think that you'd be happy with that. But uh, anything else there that sticks out? I'm trying to remember what my man's first point was about Rodon. Uh, that it, there's, that money could be spent other, where, other places than uh, going to get Rodon. Um, I'm cool with that. I mean, I get it. If, if, you, yeah. if you're just done with that movie, I get it. Yeah, I mean – it's I just like, you know, if you've had him on the team all this time, like, you know who he is. And so maybe they're answering my question. But also, you gave him another chance with three million dollars this year, and he turned into the guy that you've always thought he could be and more. So why not take another chance on him? You know, that's all my thinking was there. But as far as Dallas Keiko, yeah, in between of 2020 and 2021, is it what I expected? Like he was much better than I expected in 2020 and much worse than I expected in 2021. Like just give me four ERA Dallas Keiko. It's not great. We signed you for more. It's fine though. It's what a fifth starter does on a, on a contending team. Usually. Yeah. I don't know what they've got to do with them. Like, he, you know, too many fastballs up too many hittable fastballs up. You know, you want, if you, if you want to pitch the contact, you got to pitch low and away, you know, down and out of the zone. And he just didn't do a lot of that last year. I don't know if this is a mechanical adjustment they'll have to make, a position on the rubber. That was always old Coop's fail safe. Oh, just move him over on the rubber <laughs> a little bit, you know. But, you know, I'm not a pitching coach. But, yeah, I think it's just a minor tweak they have to make with Ty- with Keuchel. 
And I think, you know, if the defense improves, the alignment improves, like if you get Simeon at, at second base, like my man said, uh, that would certainly help. You get a gold glove player back there and you, you improve the shifting. And he's got to be better, though, above all, I think, before you can even have this conversation. Dallas Keuchel's got to be better. And I'm looking forward to hearing uh, what the gold glover has to say uh, once camp begins and if you see if you made any adjustments here. All right, last voicemail checking in from the 503, and he's coming after your ass, Herb. Here we go. Messages for Herb. Uh, your hatred of Leary is getting really, really tired. And it's Leary, not Lurie. Uh, yeah. Leary. He hit the biggest hit we had in the whole postseason. I guess you would have rather gotten swept than have him in the lineup. I think you're kind of fucking nuts. Bye. Whoa. Herb, comment? Is that Lurie calling in? <laughs> yeah, Lurie himself called in. Yeah, to, to to save his good name. Yeah, I and I gave him credit for the home run he hit, but it's not a slight to the person because I think the person's great. But Lurie is not a starter on a contending team. Period. That's that's a hundred percent. So that's what my point is. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's good to have the Lurie Garcia fan club uh, president calling in on, on the show. We do have one email here, and boy, it's been a while. Uncle Pete's checking in here to, to finish Ooh. out the, this this very huge mailbag segment. Uh, let's get some ideas going for a new weekly segment this offseason. It's time to spice things up again. Enough with the same old position. Let's put our hands on the floor and get ready for some wobbly wheelbarrow. Uh, last year, we did a Socks in the City. So let's year let's let this year let's go with she had a great kitty. I'm so, I don't know if those are Ron Kittle stories or uh, uh, this th- <laughs> this is the segment where we talk about all the White Sox past and present that had girls hotter than hamsters in heat. Uncle Pete will go first here. Ron Karkovice used to pull more squirrel than Davy Crockett. I sat behind two of his Tinker Bells in the summer of '87. Guy was a legend. Two eights. That's a seventeen in my book, Rock and Ronnie. <laughs> Thanks for calling, Tanny. Talk soon. I don't know what that means. Thanks for calling. But, yeah, we appreciate you, Uncle Pete, uh, as always. But uh, what a better way to end a very massive mailbag. This mailbag was this bag was on my floor in my basement. It was getting smelly. Jim Tomey didn't like it, uh, you know, the way it was making the room smell here. And I'm trying to decorate for the holidays, so I couldn't have this bag around here any longer. But uh, Do you give uh, Bill a chance to get out, you know, since there's no more games? Bill Bill Walton. Oh, Bill. Yeah, you know he's he's out in the mountains of Northern California, so he's fine. Uh, you know he's he's off doing his Bill Walton thing. But yeah, we didn't really hear that enough in the postseason. We did, we got to play it though when we did our post game show. So that's the last time we heard from old Bill. Is was that game three of the ALDS? So. Uh, that's where we're at with it. That does it for us today. Herb and I will be back tomorrow with another thrilling episode of Locked On White Sox. We'll have more of your emails, more of your phone calls. We'll catch up on more stuff that happened over the weekend and also maybe update you uh, with some White Sox news. Wouldn't that be nice, huh? I wouldn't hold our breath on that one. All right. 312-566-8727 is the voicemail. You can get in contact with us at LockedOnSox at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram with the same user handle at LockedOnSox. Don't forget to give us a rating on iTunes. Don't forget to comment. Don't forget to share. Don't forget to follow. Don't forget to subscribe. All that good stuff. It's always appreciated. And thanks to everyone who reached out about our mini Minoso episode over the weekend. Uh, We put a lot of work into that, and we hope you guys enjoyed it. So uh, we'll be back tomorrow. For my partner, Herb Lawrence, I'm Chris Tanhill. Thank you for listening to Locked on White Sox.